0: Welcome to our podcast. We're so glad you found us. Our prayer is that you listen to this with an open heart and an open mind to let God in. Let's hear this week's message. Well, today as we open up our Bibles, the the subject that we're going to be talking about in the teaching I'm going to have in the series is praying, being connected in prayer. God desires an intimate relationship with you, into you he wants to see and most of us many times what we do is is we we hide those things whatever god doesn't see or whatever you know he doesn't he doesn't know about well truthfully he sees everything and he's wanting you to openly show it to him so that he can walk this journey with you so prayer is about intimacy with god about a relationship with god and so if you're struggling in the space of your prayer life really what you're struggling with is knowing how much God loves you. That's the truth. If you really knew how much God loves you, you'd want to spend more time in the space of that love. Because there's an exchange. When you pray, there's an exchange. We're going to talk about it. In fact, I'm going to try to demonstrate it a little bit um, uh, this afternoon. I'm going to try to help you understand what prayer really is. And, and you know what? Even some of the things we're saying, say, what prayer isn't, because much of us have prayed, especially when we pray around each other, a lot of us are praying to one another. Like, it's it's funny. Is a lot of times people are afraid to pray with me because they think some way that I'm going to judge them or that they're going to pray wrong. I'm thinking, you're not praying to me anyway. You're praying to God. And yet, but that, that that's a real thought. That's a real... um. Uh, a real, you know, understanding that's a misunderstanding. And there's so many misunderstandings about prayer. And so this whole series is hopefully will help you get rid of some misunderstandings and have some new understandings about what prayer is. And first and foremost is this. God wants to have an intimate, personal relationship with you. And He's given us prayer to do that. And God wants to talk to you. He wants to be... A part of your life. He wants to touch you with his presence. If you've never, ever felt his presence, then what I would share with you is you've never taken the time to. And that's what prayer is learning how to quiet yourself and get in the space of his presence. There's nothing like, it. I mean, I know of people that are addicted to drugs, and I know of people that are addicted to um, other activities because they're, what they're doing is they're attached to that activity so that they can feel some force of presence or, uh, or peace or whatever. And I'm, I'm sharing with you that there's this presence of God that can come in your life through prayer. There's nothing like it. In fact, I, I remember one person who used to be addicted to um, alcohol, got saved, got delivered from alcohol. He said, I've never had a high like I've had a high with God. You know, I mean, this is coming from somebody who was an alcoholic who spent his whole life around getting high with alcohol, and he said, "I've never had a high like I've had a high with God." That's somebody who's gotten in God's presence that realizes that there's a space where you can feel the tangible presence of God in your life. Well, I'm going to talk about somebody this morning, Mark chapter five, verse twenty-four. So I'll give you a moment to turn there, Mark chapter 5, verse 24. It's a historical moment where a woman is desperate and wants a touch from God. She's sickly and wants a touch. She's been, she's tried to pursue every other touch from every other scenario to get healed, but she's left with a space of being empty. And She goes, I just feel like if, if I just touch Jesus, I will be okay. And I really, you know, I wish that upon everyone in this room right now, or those watching. if Be touched by God. Mark chapter 5, verse 24. Jesus went with them, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal with many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay. But she had gotten no better In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd, touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd, looking for everybody had touched him, but he's looking somebody. Somebody! touched him. Many people pray, but are you touched in your prayer? So he turned around the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at the crowd pressing around. How can you ask who touched? But he kept on looking around to see who had done this. And the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told Jesus what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Father, I'm so thankful, Lord, that you gave us prayer. Not to be a space of frustration or feel inadequate in. Not to be a space, God, where there's comparisons or shame. But a space of intimacy. Communicating with you. Connecting with you. Like this woman touched you, God. May we be people in our prayer life. May you teach us, Lord, in this season of our walk, how to be intimate with you. That our prayer life, all of us, would learn how to draw closer and closer to you. And we thank you for the opportunity. Teach us your ways, in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. This last week, this, probably this message can come even maybe more relevant when we know that somebody who went out and murdered the doctor and many people around him because he didn't get his healing or didn't get touched by the doctor like he wanted to. It's the first time I've ever heard of a a story like that where someone had just lost the space of right thinking, but just said, I'm so angry, I'm so frustrated with what the doctor did That I'm gonna take things, matters in my own hands, and I'm gonna go out and murder. What if we could be the church today in our community and that we could introduce people to Jesus? Like the disciples were trying to do and, and introduce to Jesus. We're not the healer, he is. We're not the savior, he is. We're not the one that provides, he is. And yet, but at the same time, we have hope on the inside. But what's happened is in our society is that we're afraid, we're a fear-based society, and we're, we're very closeted, and we're distant. That's what we've learned. Instead of intimate with God, and even discerning and intimate with people, that we could really be the messengers of hope. To a hurtful people. This woman. Someone told her. Some message came into the space of her life. Saying look there's someone who's coming inside to my city. To her city. That is a miracle worker. That's a healer. And somewhere in the space. Hope rose up inside of her. Instead of despair. Even though for 12 years. Everything she's ever had. Has been full of despair one of the things that the team every heart had said you know and sometimes you know being a pastor sometimes it's easy to be disconnected in some ways of what's going on in the real world and i try really hard by listening to all of you to be connected but i want to know i don't want to be irrelevant i want to be relevant and so one of the things that they had said was this they said pastor um People are broken faster. It's not new. People have been broken. but Here's something that's happened thousands of years ago. She's broke. But today, more people are broke, and they're getting broke faster. And that means that never has there been a day where we, in the importance of who Jesus is in our life, and the message that's inside of our life is so important. So if I was the devil, I would deceive all of you too. I'd make you feel like you're not adequate, that you don't have anything else to give, that anything that you say isn't going to be heard. I would try to make you feel you know, inadequate. And I'd make, try to make you feel uneducated. I'd try to create a space that the message that's of hope that's inside of you wouldn't be shared. Lest somebody that was broke would hear the message and get healed. Or get reconciled. Or get hope. Or get love. Or get whatever they're needing. Because God will meet every need that they have. Amen? Well, today, as we talk about prayer, number one, i got a few points I want to make. And the biggest point I want to make today is that God wants to be intimate, wants a personal, growing, developing relationship with you. John 3, 16, 17... Very familiar passage to most of us. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. God is going to send you to your workplace. He's going to send you to your neighborhood. He's going to send you out, and like He had sent maybe to a park, like I went to this last week. But He's going to send you into a space so that His message of love would intersect. But here's the thing is, do you know how much God loves you? Do you really know how much He loves you? Because that's the very thing that when I... Got saved at 23 years old. I went to a Christian school. I had taken a lot of catechism, memorized catechism lessons. Went to a lot of church events. But when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I'd spent time underneath a a new um, uh, leadership that was explaining to me that Jesus loved me. It was like a whole new message to me that Jesus and God weren't out there looking for what I did wrong and that to avoid God so he wouldn't somehow see all my wrongs, all of a sudden I was introduced to a Jesus that knew all my wrongs and still loved me. And it wrecked me. It broke me. I did not know that there was was a creator a lover of lives that loved me so deeply in the midst of my mess. And so I was, you know, being the person I am because, you know, you grow up and, and what you think is that you are because of what you, you're educated. So I was going to college, so I thought, well, I, now that I'm in this new church, I want to get more educated. So what more can I learn to make me better church person? And God kept on keeping it and says, No, you got to get it. It's simple. Love. I love you. And I'm like, All right, I want to learn how to get filled with the Holy Spirit. No, I love you. I want to know how to lead small groups. No, I love you. I want to learn how to be a better husband. Yes, but I love you. And God kept on me for almost a whole year. I'm in this church, this huge church, and all I'm learning is love. Every time I focus on something it kept on going back to love and God was creating the space of intimacy with me because I what I didn't know was I wasn't Bible literate enough to know that faith only works by love and so if I was going to really grow in trusting God really grow as a man of God as a husband or as a father or as a businessman or as a lay leader in the church I needed to know God's love and what I really knew about God was God's rules And I never found out that, you know what, those rules was because he loved me. He knew what was best for me. But all those rules to me was, I'm going to make a mess of it. I'm going to disappoint God. And so I'm going to try to, you know what, I don't want to know any more rules because I want to avoid God. And what God was going to say, I love you. I gave you these parameters so that your life will improve. So I had to spend all this time, and you know what, I've continued to spend this time, the foundation of everyone's walk. Is love if you struggle sharing Jesus with others you don't know how deep and how wide in the breadth of his love and all you need to do is focus on his love as you focus now there will be a lot of other things that God will build upon but the first thing he's gonna build upon is say it with me love for God so and so many of us want to move on because that's who we are we want to move on okay let's first grade pastor Ron. Can you stop can you get out of kindergarten here No, I won't, because everything is based on love. How much you trust God, how powerful God's prayers are in your life will never move upon any other space than love. Man, we wouldn't even be in the predicament right now that we're in if Adam and Eve knew how much God loved them. If they had no idea, Satan is trying to do something special, realizing he's so gifted by God. I want to do more for God and with God instead of just realizing God loved him. And that should be enough. When you're not, when love isn't enough for you anymore, you're already missing the whole point of being his child. Now, there's a lot of other things God wants to do through your life, but it's all gonna be based on love being intimate with God. So this our Father, who art in heaven, is all based on, do you know you have a daddy in heaven that loves you? How much time do you even think about that? That your daddy in heaven, he's dad, he's papa, Abba God. Does your heart cry out for a father's love? that's so strong that will move the universe around your life and wants to move other people's universe to intersect because of how much love is inside of you. Number two, the disciples recognized Jesus' connection with the Father. They saw that Jesus had some love. They had some presence. There was something different. When Jesus prayed, it was different than when they prayed. So it was so different that, we, that God, you know, through the Holy Spirit, captures this moment in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying as he finished, one of the disciples came to him. They're all thinking it. But one of the disciples came and said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Why? Because when you pray, it's different. Just as John taught his disciples to pray. Now, if, I know that if you just took this passage you know, and just got a hold of its context, but miss other things in Scripture... Did you know that the Bible says that God was heard because of his vehement cries? In Hebrews it says. Do you know that the Bible says that Jesus groaned in spirit when he found out Lazarus was dead? He groaned in spirit. And all of us have groanings. All of us have those movings. But what happens is we don't have them in the space of God's plan. And what God's wanting in prayer is that everything that you go through is certainly always functioning in this world, but it's not of this world. It's in the space of being connected with God. When Jesus prayed, it was literally not a like, I got my God time, and then I have your time. Everything was always in the space of being connected with God. And so he gave us a prayer model, and we're going to talk about it for the next few weeks. What we can learn in the model of prayer. And you know, when I say that, it means our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. That's the model. It isn't that we memorize the space of, you know, this exhortation of Jesus. What it is, is what do we learn about the heart of God and the power of God? Today we're talking about the love. You need to know how much God loves you. And in the weeks to come, we're going to talk about how powerful prayer is. Prayer changes lives. Prayer changes heaven and earth. Prayer moves angels and demons out. And what what most of us don't really realize is that we're just praying so that we can subside to this point where I feel bad so I think I probably should pray about it. I'll tell you something that happened to my wife and I this week. We haven't been going out to eat very much at all. and So I, you know, we we went out to um, a restaurant this week and And you know what I, we always pray for our food. Can I tell you something? When I pray for my food now, I'm going to pray different. Because my wife got food poisoning. And I watched what was going on with her whole evening, and I don't want none of that. And realizing that, you know what, Satan looks always to steal, kill, and destroy. And that every prayer that I pray, and I put Jesus' name on the other end of it, which means so be it. Should I not attach my faith to that prayer? Or should I just go through the mo- You know, and I think if almost all of us, when we admit it, we go, oh, that's right, we, we should pray about it. When we pray for our food. Are you really attached to believing what you're praying? Or are you just going through the motion of it? I'm gonna tell you something. When I pray for the food from now on, I am going to pray. And add trust to God. I know, I know that you touch food, you touch people, places, and things. I don't know who prepared this nasty stuff. Touch it. <laughs> Amen. Touch it. You touch it, Jesus. You touch it. And I really believe that, but what happens is that most of us don't do this. God anoints people, places, and things and we don't really realize we're, we, heaven and earth need to make this connection. Today, I'm, I'm trying to get ahead of my point. That's going to be in the weeks to come. You're going to learn more about the power of prayer. Number four, prayer changes you, not God. Let me tell you something. You know what? God is not moved because of 6.6 billion people on planet earth and you're one of them that all of a sudden you're not getting your way. Amen. That's not going to move. What God prayer changes you when you get in the space of presence. Have you ever been in the space of someone who is just um, uh, influential or uh, just really um, smart? And so, like, for instance, my my father-in-law, who's he's on to be with the Lord right now. But man, that that man really knew a lot about planet Earth. When I say that, I mean he knew a lot about trees and a lot about vegetation, and, and he taught my wife a lot. And so we'll, we'll go out for walks, and, and I'm always marveling at, at what she knows. In fact, my kids marvel at it, too. I mean, she'll just pull this thing up, and, and she'll, she'll know exactly what it is. And, and just, I and mean, I really, I, I, it's passed on. So what's happened is, is my, my, my father-in-law was really smart, and he passed it on to his kids. It's cool. Amen? And what I've really learned about that, this is what God wants inside of our lives, the presence that we should be, as parents, taking our kids into the presence of God and passing that on. Passing that on. Let them hear God's voice. And saying, we're going to get to you. Well, Pastor Ron, I I don't really know how to hear his voice now. I just, well, just hold on. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Number five. Jesus gave us prayer manual that helps us find his presence. Again, do you feel God's presence in prayer? Have you ever felt God's presence in prayer? If you haven't, then I want to share with you, you're missing out on so much. It isn't because God's not talking to you. It's just because probably your mind is so busy. And we'll talk about that in just one more moment because that's where we're going to end. My last point, number six, Jesus gave us a pro- proper posture in prayer. Don't pray so people hear you. Don't pray so that people hear you. Pray that God hears you. If you're praying in my presence, I want you to pray to God. Don't pray to me. Don't pray that, you know, don't try to, you know, and bring a whole new, oh God, and don't, please do not do that. Talk to God like you talk to anybody else. Don't try to bring on some religious thing. Just talk to God because he wants to hear you. He loves you. Don't pray so that people hear you. Pray that your heavenly father hears you. And prayer is not a slot machine so that you can win the lotto after you've prayed and played so many times. It's not like, well, I know that my prayer is going to be if I, Let's see, I'm up to about 656 times I've asked for this. If I get to the 657th time, maybe God will answer it. It's not a slot machine. You don't just keep on playing so that you can win. Prayer is a space of intimacy with God, and God wants to bring you in alignment. Here's here's the thing, is, is if you realize God is a giver, not a taker. When Satan came on planet Earth, he tried to tell Adam and Eve, he says, hey, God's trying to keep something from you. See that tree he doesn't want you to have. That fruit of that tree. Are you kidding me? Every tree that was in that garden they could have, but there was one tree that they couldn't have. And you're trying to make God out to be a taker? Yet Adam and Eve believed it. How in the world could your mind get so focused on one little thing that you can't have in the thousands of things you can not have and now have a perspective of God that God's a taker and not a giver. Because of a lie. Because of a lie. So, what God wants you to do is spend time in his presence so he can speak truths into you. The first truth that I shared with you, he shared with me, and he wants to share with you, he loves you. God loves loves you. He adores you. In fact, even use different words. God, you adore me. And when you're saying it in your prayer, it's awkward. Because I don't think he adores me. Or God gets a kick out of you. You're God's favorite. He's all favorites, right? But you know what? When When you start speaking these truths, I mean, in Psalms, it says that if you could take the, you know, and you could write down every thought that he has of you, that there would be books, volumes of books that would fill this building. Can I tell you something? Even if I know you well, and I know my wife really well, I love her, but I would not probably fill a volume of one book. And I'd work really hard at doing it. Volumes! of books God has because he loves you and has great plans for you. Yet if you get quiet and quiet yourself in God's presence, you're going to struggle. You're thinking right away because Satan is more on your thinking than God is. You're probably going to be thinking right away, what did I do wrong? I don't hear his voice. He's here, but he's not here. So what I want to share with you is, is this. Prayer is getting rid of all the distractions so that God can be the main attraction. Prayer, now this is, the prayer I'm talking about today is a prayer of intimacy. There are many different prayers. The prayer of intimacy. The most important prayer you're going to ever learn, this one, the prayer of intimacy. There are prayers of you know, intercession. There's prayers of thanks. There's prayers of, You know, when it comes down to declarations, I'm not talking about those prayers right now. I am talking about your intimate, intimate walk with Jesus right now. Prayer, time, being intimate with God. Listening, feeling the space of his presence in your life. Quieting yourself. Now, for me, that has always been a difficult time quieting myself you know if um if my wife she's not in the room right now but if she was here and we've had you know seven kids and and so there was always distractions but it's important to listen to each other right it's very important to listen to each other and so we'd have to create that space sometimes we would have to tell the kids listen listen and I've watched my son-in-law and, 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 and daughter do, you know, do this a lot because they have uh, seven kids in their life, and they're going, look at mommy's talking to daddy. And I love it because it's just wisdom. Because look, at this is the time where the kids always want to have their way. What I'm saying, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Well, guess what? We have all kinds of kids inside of our thinking. Me, 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 me. It's inside of your thinking. Okay. One kid for me is that like, well how am I going to pay my bills? Another one is going to be another distraction in my life was going to be, you know, how am I going to raise a staff? When do I give them a raise? When do I give them vacation? When do I give them a kick in the butt? When do I have that's what Pastor Chad a lot. But anyways, <laughs> just kidding. So, is Eve I don't even know if he's in the room. Hopefully he is. There he is. <laughs> so, but anyway, so when, you know, I mean, all these thoughts that are constantly weighing but none of them are God. They're all cares. They're all cares. I care for my wife. It's noisy. I care for my children. It's noisy. I'm gonna miss out on somebody's birthday. I'm gonna miss out on, you know what, on, on somebody's you know, anniversary. I'm gonna miss, noise, noise, noise. I'm gonna go, I'm, you know what? I'm not taking care of uh, myself eating right because all of a sudden now I'm running and I'm eating fast foods. Noise, noise. You know what? We're having communion. I better make sure I give time to Pastor Chad for communion tonight because he's going to do communion. You know what? So I, noise. Noise. How do you quiet yourself so that God's presence is is tangible? How did the one woman in the midst of a crowd touch the tangible presence of God? You know what happened Is She exhausted every care in her life. She says, you know what? I'm thankful for doctors, but that doctor didn't get it done. I'm thankful for that situation, but that didn't. She said, I I have one attraction if I can just touch him, Jesus. That's prayer at its most intimate place. Cast in all your care. The Bible says, cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking to devour you. How does he devour you? Keeping you from an intimate relationship with Jesus. How does he do that? By making you so full of your cares that you can't get close and intimate with him. Because I'm going to tell you something, this woman right here, this woman that issued the blood, all she did is touch Jesus in 12 years of problem, 12 years of searching, 12 years of situation, over that quick. All we need And yet, so many of us are so busy. The disciples themselves, in the the very hour where Jesus is being arrested, and Jesus says, hey, can you guys go pray for an hour? And Jesus is broken. He's grieving. He's sweating blood. Clinically, he's dying. And Jesus goes, can you guys go pray? i got to give this over to God. I don't know how I'm going to get through this next hour of my life. And who does Jesus go to? Jesus himself goes to our Father. And he asked the disciples, hey, can you guys just get away and pray? And they fall asleep. Because that's really what we do. And so what I'm going to share with you is a, a kind of a little, I don't know, I'm going to call it a a cheating tool, okay? And that's this. I put on some praise and worship music. Back in the day, they didn't have this with Jesus when they were in the garden. They, they couldn't go over there and get their iPod or their phone out and play music. But you, did, you can. So get your phone out or maybe get in your car or maybe get in your bedroom or whatever. Put on some of your worship music. And in the space of that worship music, start telling God, we're sharing with God how much you love Him. And listen for Him to say He loves you back. Listen for it. And what will happen if it's like me, what will happen is, is I'll, I'll be going, God, I love you. And all of a sudden I'm going, well you know, uh, I got seven more minutes. services. You know what? I got to make sure I got time for the altar call. Or, you know, or I'm in that prayer time and I'm in that worship music and, and all of a sudden I'm thinking about, um, well, I didn't, I, I'm supposed to remember to say that to Austin. I forgot. Or I, I need to help, you know, Samantha with these crazy lights. Oh, that's right. She got it fixed. You know, and then, see where my mind goes? My mind goes to all these different places or every heart, I, I got to get them a check. We, we, we took an offering for them. I didn't get them a check. Oh, I, you know, and then my mind's just so busy with all these little things I haven't got done. And, and then I'm like, Lord, I, I love you. And God goes, Yeah, okay, whatever. You know, <laughs> and then I, I finally get, Lord, I love you. And this, the music's going. And sometimes I'll sing the music to help me. Quiet. And then all of a sudden, I get in that place where it's just quiet. And I hear him say, son, I love you too. You know, God was saying that from the moment, the moment I started praying. But I couldn't hear it because of all the noise in my own head. All the distractions. And I would call that the distance between heaven and earth is the distance between all the distractions that are in my head. That heaven can come that quick on earth, and the space of God's presence can come that quick, all I need to do is get rid of all those distractions so that God becomes the main attraction. Man, God has told me so many things about my marriage, things about my kids, things about this church family, wisdom, how to pray for people. And then there's times where I'm waiting for Him to speak And you know what? He just tells me, even though I want something different, all he tells me is he loves me. And well, God, I know you love me. I want something. I need this. And God goes, you're not ready. If you're not hearing the answer for what you need, what God wants you to do is be filled with his love, and that's all you will need, and he'll ready you for the answer. He'll ready you for the answer. It is so important for us. God is always doing two things. One, literally planning out and making his plan happen in our life. Or usually it's the first part, the preparation getting you ready to answer what you really, the answer you're looking for and God's looking for in your life. So he's either preparing you or he's finishing that work in you. He's either preparing you or finishing all of this happens in the space of your prayer life. So if your prayer life is not very strong, then what's happening is you're not giving God much space to prepare you for what He wants to do through your life and in your life. So from this go-away service today, get intimate with God. He loves you. Take time to quiet yourself. God, I love you. I love you. And then all those thoughts that come in your head, pray it through. And sometimes you may have to cast a care of frustration or hurt 10 different times. So what? The 11th time you get free? Why did Naaman have to go in the water seven times? I don't know. Six times didn't get it done. I don't know. But just pray it through. Which means get rid of all the distractions when your mind stops being so noisy. And it just becomes, you're filled with His love. You're filled with His presence. And from that space, say, All right, God, I'm in your presence. What do you want to tell me today? Let Him build His plan from the connection of love that you have with him. Amen? Would you please bow your heads, close your eyes? If you're here this afternoon and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, that you can feel His presence right now, which means it's, it's a tangible touch on your heart, get real with Him. That He's asking you to make this decision because you're never going to get around to it. This decision is just what it sounds like, it's a decision to accept him, to accept his love, to accept his forgiveness. If you're here this afternoon, I'm, I'm going to ask you that you raise your hand in a moment. I'm not going to pull you out of a crowd. I'm not going to try to ask you to come forward. What I'm going to do is by an acknowledgment of God touching you, like he touched this one woman with the issue of blood. God's touching you to make this prayer this prayer real and authentic, giving your life to him For the first time, or possibly it's a space of recommitting your life to Him. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Nice and high. Say that's me. Pastor, I'm praying today. Anyone here in this room that say that's me? Please pray for me and pray with me today. All right. Everyone knows Jesus in this audience. Father, I pray for everyone that's in this audience right now and those even watching. God, you've given us a mission. to go out out into the world those that don't know you. God, I pray that burns inside of us. I pray the love of God deepens its walk inside of us so that, Lord, it's so overflowing that we can't stop bragging about you, testifying about you, talking about your hope, your love, your forgiveness, your strength, your power, and so much more to a hurting, broken world outside of us. And Father, as we're about to take communion and About to get in this worship service, God, I pray that everyone here, and again, those watching, feel the tangible presence of you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you made a decision to accept Jesus into your heart, let us know on the app or on our website, mylifechangechurch.tv. We'd also love it if you subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. We hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless.